<laughs> to save it. Um, I recommend that you're on all of the relevant platforms just because with what you said earlier about the demographic, like grandma may be on Facebook, but granddaughter's on Instagram type of thing, you wanna make sure that you're hitting every touch point. So if someone were to look for you on Instagram and not find you, but they find you on Facebook, it's like, well, what if they use Instagram more? You just missed an opportunity. So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hello, welcome back to the Tom Ferry Podcast Experience. I'm Brenda Hernandez-Jaimes, the podcast producer. And today we're doing something different, but already the same. Mm -hmm. This is the second part of our marketing team podcast episodes. And for part two of this series, we're interviewing today our social media manager. Hello. Courtney <laughs> Gracia. Hello. Good to be on the show, Brenda. <laughs> it's good to have you. So for our listeners who are always being told by Tom and Jason Pantana mm -hmm. to be active on social media, you know, this is gonna be a great episode because you're gonna give us an insight on what you do behind mm. the scenes in social media for Tom. Definitely. So let's start with something big. I think the biggest platform for right now is obviously Instagram. Instagram, yeah, for sure. So tell us about, first of all, the new things that are happening on Instagram. Because there's a lot of, I feel, maybe a bit of fear Okay. around it. Are you talking about the likes being yes. hidden? Okay. <laughs> so m people might think, what's the point now of po posting things yeah. if people are not going to see my likes anymore? Yeah. So I, how is that going to affect them? Well, I don't think it'll really affect you too much just mm -hmm. because you'll still be able to see the likes on your end. And that's usually what you want to see for your insights, your metrics monthly anyways. Mm -hmm. And typically when someone likes it that doesn't really give you a gauge of if they're interested in the content i think it's more of the engagement mm -hmm. so the comments that you're getting on it the shares you're getting on it that's really what's important with the posting and like i said you'll still be able to see the likes on your end so your metrics will still be the same when reporting monthly yeah and i, I think it goes back to the first focused when Instagram was created, right? Yeah. Of instead of uh, focusing on the likes, it's focusing on the quality of, of the, the content. content. Yeah, definitely. So, let's go into that. So for Tom, what type of content, as you all know, you follow Tom on Instagram, mm -hmm. but like, can you go more specific for the people that are might just starting to follow him? What type of content content do you post? So for the content, we have it segmented out per day. Mm -hmm. So on Monday, you'll always see the Mindset Monday. On Tuesday, you'll always see the Tom Ferry Show. Wednesday, you'll always see the podcast. Thursday is a throwback Thursday in the blog. Mm -hmm. And then on Friday's kind of micro content video we put into mm -hmm. that area. And then Saturday is typically the vlog. So you'll see that content each week. And then you'll also see content on top of that. So additional 
micro content, which is videos pulled from Summit or Tom's Talks Mm -hmm. or quote cards or different articles. So that's kind of like the supplemental content within the days. But every day for sure on that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday through Saturday, you'll be seeing those main pieces of content. Okay. So for those people that are listening, there's like, that must be a lot of content. Yeah. How much a day do you post then? So a day, it it basically averages on the platform. Mm-hmm. So on Instagram, we typically post at least like two to three times a day because we just don't want to want to bombard people Mm -hmm. on Instagram because we are also active with the stories on Instagram. And then on Facebook, it's typically two to four times a day. And LinkedIn is like three to five times and Twitter is probably three to five times. So it all varies Mm -hmm. per channel, but we are still posting daily because the consistency is what matters. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like consistency um, equals trust and relevancy. 100%. And, you know, if you're not posting, then your market isn't seeing you. And, yeah. you know, you don't have evidence because nowadays, no people, yes, they focus on the business card. But I feel like people, if they don't find you on social media, they don't trust you. No, 100%. So, yeah. And also, they don't trust you if they you haven't posted for a year. Yeah. Right? Because you could look different you know your content would just it's just going to go downhill if you're not posting yeah it's going to go downhill and let's talk about now if we're telling people to post consistently Mm -hmm. what do you recommend for our you know clients our agents that Mm -hmm. are focused on working and doing their calls and going to their open houses should they plan a day ahead, a week ahead, yeah, a month so, ahead? So so I would with content you could plan as far ahead as you want. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the tool that you're using for it. So I would highly recommend using a scheduling tool. Mm-hmm. There's tons of them out there. We use Sprout Social. You know, you could use Hootsuite, Buffer, you could use any of those to schedule out your content. So there's kind of no excuse to not post content because you could spend an hour, two hours a day just busting out content for two weeks, a month, whatever. And you can schedule it to go out on those designated times and dates. So those are extremely helpful if you don't have the time to do Mm -hmm. so. At least give yourself an hour, you know, once a week to just do the content for a week or do the content for two weeks so that you're ahead of it and you have stuff going out. So it's good that you mentioned Sprout. So yeah. for our listeners that have no idea of what Sprout is and how it works, can you you know provide um, detail of yeah. how it so works? So Sprout is a reporting tool as mm-hmm. well as a scheduling tool. So it's really cool on there. Um, usually agencies will use it if you mm-hmm. have like an approval process. So you could create content for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, any of those, write the copy for it, put the pictures in there, and you can send it to someone to approve it before it goes live. So that's cool. Unless if you don't want to have someone approve it before it goes live, totally fine to have you as the person that will schedule it. It also has monthly reporting. So it'll go into all of the analytics per month. And you can even see the metrics per day. And what's really neat is it's it's valuable to look into 
competitor analysis as well. So you can put in the names of people that you believe are your competitors mm-hmm. and it will also pull their metrics. So oh, you could okay. see kind of like where you measure up to that. It'll show like how much they're posting, you know, how much engagement they're getting, all of that stuff. So you could kind of see, well, XYZ is posting five times and look how their engagement is doing. Maybe we should up our content, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's really cool because at the end of the month, you could print out like a PDF of those reports. Mm -hmm. So then you could start looking at at your metrics monthly to see, well, we posted a lot of family content this month. It didn't do so well. Maybe we should up it to do this amount of Mm -hmm. content because look how well it performed within this month. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different avenues and things that you can do within those scheduling platforms. That's great. Yeah, it's cool. Not only do you have your insights in these platforms, right? Mm -hmm. But you also have your competitors' insights. Yeah. That's great. You know, like if you want to beat an agent in your area, (laughs) you know. You can look that up. Yeah, you can look that up. I think that's amazing. Technology, the internet is evolving so fast. So if you have these tools and... It, for terms of pricing, is it is there a free account or monthly? So like, how does um, it work? the pricing usually is based off how many users you're going to have mm-hmm. on that like specific account. So usually, I think Sprout is one forty nine a month oh, okay. for one user, but you get all of that stuff, or you can up it to X amount, however amount it is. But you could have at least ten users. Mm-hmm on the account and that's usually for like teams or agencies if you are going to have that multiple approving process Mm -hmm. um in our marketing department we pretty much share all of those passwords so if someone needed to log on to the sprout account they would just log in as that one user you know so we didn't really need to have multiple users on it and for terms of tom what content Mm -hmm. have you seen that worked really well So the content varies actually per channel. Mm -hmm. So on Instagram, the Mindset Mondays do extremely well. And the Mindset Mondays are posted on IGTV Mm -hmm. um, as well as family content. I know some people are very hesitant of meshing in family and work. But for Tom's account, especially on Instagram, it does really well because it just shows how well-rounded he is. And he's sharing more of his private life as well as what he's working on daily. Mm -hmm. Um, LinkedIn, a lot of the content that does well is like blog content, article-based um or anything that is video video has been doing really well um twitter's more of that like conversational content asking questions putting quotes on there Mm -hmm. some videos but not long form videos it would just be that small micro content that does well Mm -hmm. on there um and then on facebook uh, video content does really well on facebook as well as just kind of the um paragraph I guess you would say Mm -hmm. it's just like the scripted written word but that performs really well on that platform and it's good that you mentioned IGTV yeah so Tom is always telling you to make videos to go Mm -hmm. on video you need to communicate to your customers your client your market Mm -hmm. through video and for IGTV what's the best time limit like um can i make a 15 minute video an hour video? okay How yeah does that work so the time duration on igtv varies per user mm-hmm. so like a typical user like my own personal instagram mm-hmm. um i would only be able to go up to i think 
10 minutes. Okay. So it has to be at least a minute long, but I can only go up to a 10 minute video. Usually the bigger brands, the verified accounts, you can do a minute to an hour. Oh, okay. So, so Tom. So yeah, so yeah. we so on Tom's account because of the verified check mark mm -hmm. and the following, we're able to go up to an hour. Um, but we've never posted content that long. Yeah. Our content usually varies under that 10 minute mark. Yeah, because we know we know people won't see a video for an hour. No. Unless they're going to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so going back to that same being precise in what you're producing, what you're posting, yeah. right? And also that goes for video. Yeah. And let's go into video and like posting photos. Okay. Does this but in terms of hashtags. Okay. Do hashtags work the same way for IGTV? Is it different for IGTV and the photos? Like, how does it work? Are you talking about just um, hashtags on Instagram? On Instagram, yeah. Yeah, so usually with hashtags, you don't want to just put random hashtags mm -hmm. that you believe are <laughs> that, that would perform yeah. well. So like if the photo is of a listing, you're not going to put a hashtag that's hashtag food, hashtag, you know, anything mm -hmm. like that. So they vary between IGTV and posting. Um, on Tom's account, we usually don't post like a, a block of hashtags mm -hmm. on the IGTV because that's video content that speaks for itself. It doesn't really need to be identified by all of these different hashtags. Um, and the hashtags vary per post. So like a static post on Instagram mm -hmm. would need to be under 30 hashtags, right? But we usually post between like seven to 12. We usually don't go past that mark because then it's just, it's too much, yeah. you know? And you should have a hashtag strategy in place before you even start creating all of this yeah. content. Um, so you wanna see who your demographic and who you're trying to reach for a specific post. So we always use the hashtag Tom Ferry, Tom mm -hmm. Ferry Coaching. You know, those ones are kind of the consistent ones, but there's ones that will be filled in based on the topic of content. So like for Mindset Monday, we would use yeah. motivation, you know, mindset, but all of that stuff was thought out in a strategy before. Mm -hmm. So when we did the hashtag strategy, we looked through hashtags that we believed would would be relevant for the type of content that we're producing and look to see how many posts were already on that hashtag. Mm -hmm. So like for hashtag food, like I said earlier, yeah. that would have like a million something posts under it. And so our posts would get lost. lost. Yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't use something like that, you know, mm -hmm. but I think that it all depends on the type of content, who you're trying to reach, because for IG stories, you can do up to 10 hashtags, but you don't just want to put a bunch of random stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And normally I do see hashtags on stories, but mm -hmm. it's not a lot. It's mostly one or two and they're yeah. very precise on the content that they're yeah. talking about or even the event that they're in. Yeah. And what's interesting with the stories too, is that you can hide the hashtags within the stories. Oh. So a lot of people have been doing that recently because if you were to look at the hashtag on search, mm -hmm. it always comes with a story um, logo in the left-hand corner. Yeah. So if someone were to use that hashtag in a story, you could see it as well as if they were to use it in a post. So for example, like if we were to hashtag, hashtag Tom Ferry mm -hmm. on an Instagram story, you would then change the coloring to match something that's in 
the video, and then you would shrink it down and hide it within that color mm -hmm. so that it'll still pop up when someone uses that hashtag or searching for that hashtag, mm -hmm. but it's not noisy on what yeah. you're posting. So oh, that's yeah. been very useful. Yeah. 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 So for our agents that are in, they're doing open houses mm -hmm. that, you know, they're showing all these listings and whatnot. So you highly recommend them to put their location when they're doing their stories. Oh, yeah, 100%. Posting. Yeah. Yeah. Because even when you search for location, that story will still show mm -hmm. when someone is looking for that location. And with Instagram stories, they only last for 24 hours. Yes. So if it's something that you really want to live longer then you should be creating highlights mm -hmm. because within those highlights you can have segmented ones that are like open houses xyz this and then you could filter those instagram stories within that content mm -hmm. like for example on tom's we have like a mindset monday a tom Ferry show one and ask me anything since the questions he does on instagram stories mm -hmm. are so popular they go away after 24 hours but they're still questions and answers on there that people have the same exact one yeah. so we put those within that highlight so if someone were to be looking in that highlight they could find something mm -hmm. they can go back mm -hmm. exactly and so i want to go back to hashtags okay i read that a lot of people are thinking that if you post your hashtags in your captions mm -hmm. it's going to do better so if you post it on a comment it's not going to do great and that's actually a myth so mm -hmm. Can you tell us what do you prefer when posting okay. for Tom Ferry? So for Tom Ferry, I prefer actually putting it in the comment. The only reason is because once it's in the caption, people don't want to read that once it drops down so low and you putting a bunch of dots to have mm -hmm. a space and then these four or five hashtags. Um, it's just too much. Usually when people are looking at your post, they're looking at the caption and scrolling away. So it's nice to just put the hashtag block in the comments because you're still going to get the same benefit from mm -hmm. it. And it's not going to it's not going to be messy. You know, yeah. so it's like your post is still going to be getting those hashtags, but the user looking at it isn't going to be overwhelmed by just these paragraphs yeah. in the caption. And it's again, it's not trying to scare away no, your viewers. No, no, yeah. Or your followers. It's, you know, making them be interested in the content that you're mm -hmm. posting. And also, I think the reason why they're saying into your account is because of who you are as a person so we're going back yeah. to the creating fam familiarity with posting things about your personal life mm -hmm. to not be scared of that if you want i heard that um a prior a agent i think brian lazine he posted a photo of his you know his children and mm -hmm. that attracted a lot of attention yeah so to not be afraid to find show that personal side of you no yeah definitely and i think it is like a fine line i mean you don't want to overwhelm mm -hmm. it if your account is for your company yeah. but you also want to share those you know pieces yeah. of your life because people then can relate to you and they can relate to you and i feel like you can also go find that relatable content through insta stories right mm -hmm. there's no limit to posting and i feel if you post 10 times on your instagram per day yeah 
you're going to scare them away. Oh, yeah. It's too much because then it's just going to start bulking up when mm-hmm. it's on the story. I mean, granted, on the story, you don't want to post like 60. 60 stories because then they're like this small and it's like you're just tapping yeah. through them. Um, so you do want to be mindful of what you put on mm-hmm. your story. But I do think that it it is nice to have that option of mm-hmm. something that you might not want to live on your page fully to just yeah. share it in a story. And speaking of content that might live for on your Instagram mm-hmm. um, grid, can you share with us that link tree uh, link that you we have on Tom's page? Oh, okay, yeah, that's so important too. Yeah, about. okay, so the link tree that we have on Instagram is called Have to Have It. Mm-hmm. So it's like H A V E two Have It. And so what's cool about that is that if you post a a video or a static post Mm -hmm. on Instagram that goes within your feed Um, you can then link to different things for that picture so if someone were to click the link in bio on Tom's page Mm -hmm. and they it were to be for a post that was two weeks old let's say it was a blog they can still find that link within the link tree so it's not so typically what people do is when they don't have a link tree they're just replacing that link constantly Mm -hmm. so if someone were to see content from two weeks ago and the caption says link in bio well that link is no longer in the bio you know so they can't go back and you just miss an opportunity so what that link tree does is it's able to house all of the content that does have links Mm -hmm. And what's cool is that have to have it tracks the engagement on it as well as the clicks. So I can see how many people are clicking on the blog image. Mm -hmm. I can see how many people are clicking on this, you know, so it's really cool. And we were able to customize ours. So Mm -hmm. it just says Instagram.com slash Tom Ferry. So it doesn't have that whole like have to have it or it's this long link that's in there. Do you have to pay for that? Yes. So you have to pay for it. It all is based off of the amount of clicks that you get per month. Mm -hmm. So um, it averages, but it starts at $5 a month. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's what uh, IG promotion costs when you want to promote. Exactly. So I think ours is around, I think because of the link clicks and whatnot, we pay like $15. It's just like a set price. Yeah. And do you have to have a website in order to have a link tree and have to have it? No. So no, not at all. So the only thing that you have to plug into that is the Instagram account. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. Simple. It's super simple. Yeah. And speaking of IG promotions. Okay. <laughs> um, as an agent that maybe, you know, wants to start small and they want to grow organically, is okay. it possible now for a person to grow their community their uh, followers organically it it is possible for you to grow it organically but it will take a lot of time because you're having to engage with people you're having to find those relevant people that are within the demographic that you're trying to Mm -hmm. serve um and so that's why a lot of people do the paid ads now Mm -hmm. because it's just another way for people to see your content and those paid ads don't have to necessarily live mm-hmm. on your page they could all be dark how is that how does that work the dark ig promos. so i think um the dark ig promotions so those are usually since facebook owns instagram mm-hmm. you can schedule those through facebook those dark posts mm-hmm. um but you wouldn't do a dark post of like 
a family photo, you know, because then someone's just going to have that served in their feed. And it's like, well, why, why would you be paying, Mm -hmm. you know, $10 for me to see a picture of your family? You know, Mm -hmm. you would put those listings, you would put that kind of content within those dark ads Mm -hmm. so that they don't always have to live on your page, but people can still see them within the feed. And when you do your promotions, I, it asks you where you want the people that are clicking on this to go, right? Mm-hmm. So you can ske- you can put on there a call to action mm-hmm. and you can link to something. Um, and usually it's recommended to track that link, to mm-hmm. use like a UTM builder to track it, um, just so you know where the click is coming from. Mm-hmm. So we use UTM tracking um, for all of the you know social accounts. So they each have one on there. So I can see if someone were to click on this, oh, they came from LinkedIn oh, they came from Instagram. Like you can see where they come from, but you can build out the different audiences and the different demographics for those ads. Awesome. And would you, we we, you touched a bit on this of like, you're not gonna promote a a photo of your family, right? Yeah. So um, what do you recommend for them to maybe promote? So something that you could promote on there would be like a listing video, mm-hmm. um, a new home for sale, you know, any of that kind of stuff. But then also I think the um, a lot of, you know, real estate professionals are doing the like about me type of videos mm-hmm. and like what they can offer you. Um, that would be a great yeah thing to promote yeah so if you have a video that's of you you know walking through the house that says I serve this location this is what I can offer you call me today kind of thing Mm -hmm. I would put that stuff in the promotions as well Mm -hmm. awesome and going now that we're in the holidays let's Mm -hmm. take advantage of it um through content I am yeah should agents invest their time on producing holiday content yeah, I, I mean, I would. Uh, a lot of people, too, I think that they get scared because it mm-hmm. is the holidays that they don't believe people are online a lot um, because they're spending time with their family and they're this. And yes, that is true. But there is that downtime that people still are looking mm-hmm. at content and looking for content. Like if you think, for example, for Thanksgiving, yeah, you had your dinner, you spent time with your family, but you're probably looking on your phone in between things, you know? So you still wanna be pushing out content, but I just wouldn't have it bombard people. Mm -hmm. It, It shouldn't be too much. And it is nice if you were to base your content seasonally. So things that are happening in quarter four, you know, that is relevant content that you would be pushing out towards the end of the year, you know? So I think it just all depends. Yeah, And it depends. And I feel like, like you said, not bombarding them and on the perfect times. Yeah. For Tom, how, what are the uh, times that you post? So the times actually are based off of the insights and the metrics that Mm -hmm. we get per month. So the times do change. um, But I always look at that stuff to see when the audience is online. So if you don't look at your like insights tab on Instagram, you definitely should be. You need to be seeing when people are engaging with your content, as well as Facebook, LinkedIn, any of that stuff. Twitter, you can see the analytics on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You just go into the platform and it's right on the top analytics. You can look at that stuff. So the posting times is usually based off of that. And also, where the content is being seen. So for example, like Instagram, Mm -hmm. uh, the content is pretty much split 
50-50 between LA and New York. So they have a different time zone. So I'm mindful to post the content when they're awake, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want to be posting something like a Mindset Monday when it's 11 a.m. for them and they've already are midway yeah. through their day and people down here are just sure. getting started, you know, so you just have to find that sweet spot of where your demographic is to then post the content and the times. Yeah. But all of that stuff, I look directly on the platform to see those times. Yeah. So it's always... It's not posting blindly. It's no, always looking yeah. into those insights. 100%, yeah. Hey, it's Tom. If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again, we are living in the review economy. That's right, consumers are making decisions based upon reviews. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the minds of more amazing people just like you. You can help. Would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review? Tell them what you think. Hey, one star, five stars, make up your own number of stars. Totally fine by me, but please go to Apple Podcast and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, let's get back to the show. And let's transition now to Facebook, Ooh, okay. which is, I think, also one of the biggest platforms. Yeah. And let's talk... Now that we're from Instagram to Facebook, should people post the same things on there? Should they post with the same captions? Should they use hashtag? How does okay, it so work? yeah, so the platform is completely different than mm-hmm. Instagram. So I wouldn't recommend using hashtags on Facebook like you would on Instagram, mm-hmm. because if you think about it, you're not typing in the search bar some a hashtag yeah. to look for content. You're typically just typing in a person's name. Yeah you know, or you're typing in a company, you're not looking for a hashtag. So I wouldn't recommend putting hashtags on Facebook. Um, The content varies, but not too much. I wouldn't post that quote type content Mm -hmm. on Facebook, like just a generic quote card with two or three sentences. Um, It's usually more of video content, links, so posting the blogs on there, any of that kind of stuff, because it will show a link preview. And then just posting not so much of like motivational stuff, but kind of updates yeah. on there as well. So what is the new thing that's happening on Facebook? So Facebook, um, not typically new but right now they're starting to perfect the creator studio Mm -hmm. so the creator studio on facebook like a facebook business manager so you'd want to have a business manager page that's how we monitor tom's accounts Mm -hmm. through that um and the business in that creator studio you're able to schedule out ads you're able to schedule all of that stuff on there so they're trying to make that i guess more of a cohesive Mm -hmm. blend for utilizing it because it used to be easier to navigate and now it's kind of more difficult but they're working on that Um, and then also the Facebook groups I think that's not necessarily new that's just always something that's been pretty heavy on Facebook and we ourselves have a lot of Facebook groups yeah where our agents get to talk connect and like share ideas Mm -hmm. should agents start their Facebook groups? I know that um, I see on Facebook, I know a lot of agents have like their masterminding groups Mm -hmm. on uh, Facebook. So they're able to connect with people through there. But the groups is just another avenue to have a community and a resource to talk Mm -hmm. to people. So all of our coaching clients, we have Facebook groups for each of them. 
um, and they're able to share on their things that you can R&D, you know, new mm-hmm. tools that they found out about, or if they're just trying to find someone for role playing, any of that stuff. So it's just a really tight knit community mm-hmm. on there. Should agents have a business profile or a personal on Facebook? Um, and even I on would, Instagram. to be honest, I would have both on mm-hmm. there because I think Facebook is different than Instagram in the aspect of sharing the family and the business. Mm-hmm. Usually when people look on Facebook, they are looking for the business to find information of either like a phone number or an address, that kind of thing. So I would have those you know, separate. Yeah. I would have a business page, a Facebook page, and then just your personal ins- or your personal Facebook. Some people like to mix the two. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really a wrong for that, but I would have different accounts for that. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. And earlier you mentioned how you don't recommend posting the same thing on Instagram, on Facebook. And I've noticed a lot when you post something on Instagram, Instagram asks you if you want to post it on Facebook as well. Yeah. Should we avoid that then? Um, I think with that, it just depends on the content. Mm-hmm. Um, just because for Facebook uh, with Tom, we usually change the verbiage, even though it is the same message. Mm-hmm. The verbiage is different because the audience is different. Yes. You know, so you don't want to, you don't want someone to look at your Instagram, then go on your Facebook, then go on your Twitter, then go on your LinkedIn, and it's all the same verbiage, the same everything, because then they're not getting that added value. You know, we kind of mm-hmm. add in um, another sentence or start the sentence different, or, you know, or it's just completely yeah. different on those platforms, but it is still driving home whatever content it is. So, like the Mindset Monday, we post that on IGTV, mm-hmm. which we typically don't do a caption, but on Facebook, we have the caption for it. And then the caption changes for LinkedIn. So I would recommend it being just tweaked a little. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned how in Facebook, you tweak the content, you know, yeah. you add different sentences or you take out. And I feel it's important to take uh, notice of that each platform has different audiences, right? Yeah. And I know maybe our agents are focused on a certain age group or certain profession of their clients. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also important to open up that market and mm-hmm. focus on more clients because a lead uh, is, is a lead. Yeah, it's a lead. <laughs> yeah. A lead is a lead. A yeah. Lead, yeah. So, what do you recommend in terms of Facebook? Um, you said that four to six sentences, the, t- the types of like paragraph content mm-hmm. is good. Um, why is that? Is, it, is Facebook more in terms of like reading I and think, less image? Well, I think that LinkedIn is more of that like business type. Mm-hmm. People are looking for that article or looking for that blog and spending time on reading that content. Facebook, you're kind of just scrolling through, but you do want to get some sort mm-hmm. of, you know, nugget from it Mm -hmm. so you don't want to put too much on there you don't want to just put paragraph after paragraph Mm -hmm. after paragraph on facebook it's just kind of that shorter formed content so think of it like instagram but add two or three more sentences yeah you know and i feel like it's really important even though let's say facebook does have an older um demographic Mm -hmm. and you're focused on 
the granddaughter of the grandma that's on Facebook, right? Yeah. You can also reach the granddaughter through the grandma, right? Yeah. So definitely don't close that door. Mm-mm. And for, you know, for in terms of um, what you're doing with Tom, what do you recommend? Um, how many times one should post? What, how, many, how many times do you post for Facebook? Because it's obviously different. You said three, yeah, it's, five times. Yeah, it's not... I it's not as much as like LinkedIn because Mm -hmm. LinkedIn I could go heavy with like articles and videos. So it's pretty much like the same as Instagram on Facebook. Yeah. Just not too much. So now that we covered Facebook, which is also a great tool and Mm -hmm. let's talk about Twitter. Okay. Twitter for me and for many people, maybe they find it, sort of intimidated, intimidating, different. I see it more of um, a place where I can go and laugh. Okay, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, people tend to share their, it's like a journal. Yeah. You know? and, and their opinions on certain topics. Yeah. For an agent, what do you recommend for, like, uh, how do they start using well, Twitter? Yeah, Twitter, I think uh, people use it differently, mm-hmm. but it's typically just like a newsworthy channel Mm -hmm. so a lot of people will post like breaking news this updates it's just like those smaller form updates Mm -hmm. so with the content on twitter uh for tom's account we usually will post fun the more fun content the motivational quotes or we'll post video content like i said just not too long we would post like a under a minute 30 on there so i'd post that content as well but like it's all shorter form so we're still posting the same content on twitter that we do on the other sites Mm -hmm. but it differs so i wouldn't post a lot of articles on twitter you know i'm posting like i will link to the blog article on there but i won't bombard people with that it's Mm -hmm. more of those like one to two sentences of like an extra push or um posing a question on there because you're able to interact with people yeah Mm -hmm. and i know um in twitter you can make like small surveys surveys yeah like polls yeah polls. Yeah. and i think that's a great thing to interact with your you know yeah followers and clients later on yeah so in the past i know on twitter for tom we've posed a question of like what channels are you on mm-hmm. or like how do you feel about tiktok are you utilizing yeah. tiktok it's just like a fun interactive way um and i think people don't expect a lot of people in the real estate realm to be on twitter but they are. Yeah. Yeah. So that goes to my question, should everyone be on every single platform or should we just focus on one or two platforms or just have uh, that username saved just in yeah, case for the future? In case, yeah, to save it. Um, I recommend that you're on all of the relevant platforms mm-hmm. just because with what you said earlier about the demographic, like grandma may be on Facebook, but granddaughter's on Instagram mm-hmm. type of thing, you wanna make sure that you're hitting every touch point. Yeah. So if someone were to look for you on Instagram and not find you, but they find you on Facebook, it's like, well, what if they use Instagram more? You just miss an opportunity, yeah. you know? So I would make sure that you are on all of the relevant platforms like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. Um, and you should have a consistent name. Yes. 
Like that's actually huge because you don't want someone, if they're on Facebook, they type in your name and they type in Courtney Gracia. They type me in on Facebook and they find me. But then on Twitter, they type in Courtney Gracia and they're trying to find me and they can't because my username is C this, you know, it's like completely different. So then you just lost an opportunity for someone to find you. So make sure that your username is consistent among all of those channels because you don't want someone to not be able to find you just because of your name. Yeah. Think yourself as a brand, right? Yeah, your 100% name is a brand. It is. The things that you're posting is also part of your brand, part it of is. your image. So yeah. So like for Tom's accounts, it used to be Coach Tom Ferry, mm-hmm. and then we completely shifted it to just Tom Ferry. So if you were to just type in Tom Ferry on Google, you would be able to find all of our accounts because they're all under that name Mm -hmm. that brand you know so you want to make sure that you are using your name like we've had in the past with the ask me anything's on instagram Mm -hmm. when tom poses a question and he wants to shout that person out but when he types an at and he's trying to type in that person's name he can't find them anywhere it's like your username should be your name like that's it yeah there's no reason and you're losing the opportunity what yeah if, you know you're an agent and tom wants to tag you and then yeah a lost opportunity right exactly there. you could have had a follow yeah <laughs> so speaking still on twitter what are the new things that twitter is going to roll out for this end of year next year so there are some predictions mm-hmm. for twitter in 2020 um they're saying that they're going to start coming out with segmented themes Mm -hmm. or segmented, I guess, topics. So if you were to follow, you know, Joe Schmo and he posted all about sports, but then he also added in humor, but you only wanted to see the sports side of his tweets, you would be able to just see those because you would put yourself in that pocket of you're only looking for content that is about sports. Mm -hmm. So then it would filter in. Um, They said that that's in the works. Mm -hmm. They're working on that right now. So that would actually be really interesting because if you're able to segment that and not have to pay for it like you do for Facebook ads Mm -hmm. or for Instagram, LinkedIn, all of those paid, you know, promotions, that would be really cool. Yeah. Because then it's something that you're not, like I said, not having to pay for. And it's just another way for your content to just be filtered to that designated audience. Yeah. You wouldn't really be bombarding your Mm -hmm. followers in they're following you for let's say real estate listings and you talk a lot about food yeah and they just want to see the real estate listings. yeah so, yeah you don't have the unfollow but they just filter that out exactly that's very smart yeah, yeah i do too so for agents how can they take advantage of twitter and make themselves maybe stand out from the rest on on Twitter, I think you just need to be consistent and mm-hmm. you just need to be active because some people will only post, you know, once a week and then that's not enough content. Yeah. So I would be posting on there if you were to be having open houses just in case someone so happens to stumble upon it just yeah. to have that on there as well as just quotes, you know, or tips and tricks for people. Just that like short, fast punch content yeah i would put on twitter because you can't have you know 300 characters exactly. so 
you need to be consistent again. And I feel like another great tip would be if there's, I don't know, the New York Times is talking about a new housing law or about the market. Yeah. You can retweet that with a comment and say, like, give your, in 140 characters, your opinion about it, right? Yeah. So that's also informing your followers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think we covered Twitter very well. But yeah. let's now go back. Well, let's end with the big one. Okay. which is LinkedIn also. Okay, yeah. I feel LinkedIn started as, it still is a very professional uh -huh. um, social media uh, platform, but I feel it's more on its way of being an informative platform. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what new um, things LinkedIn is investing in? So, right, and well, in terms of content in general on LinkedIn, that's something that we're focusing heavily on just because a lot there are a lot of people on linkedin mm -hmm. that are looking for that content but they're not getting it yeah. you know so video content is huge on linkedin i think video content in general is huge on every platform you should be utilizing it everywhere mm -hmm. but linkedin a lot of things are changing but not too significant mm -hmm. so what are the small changes that are happening the small changes on LinkedIn that are happening right now is with the ads. So before you were you had to have a certain amount of following or you had to pay a certain amount to do like dynamic ads, mm -hmm. which would be posted on the right hand side. But now they're letting anyone okay. do that. Yeah. So anyone can, you know, have their ads placed on there as long as you put some sort of budget behind it. Do you have to have a business profile? No. Your normal. You can have a normal profile. For Tom's, we have his normal profile mm -hmm. and then we have a company page because through that company page, you're able to post career and job mm -hmm. opportunities and listings on there. And then his more personal page is just for all of the content. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So I've also noticed that LinkedIn is focused on articles mm -hmm. through you posting an article in their article section uh -huh. should agents go ahead and you know not only do video but also maybe write a small article yeah blog? definitely so on linkedin you're able to do posts mm -hmm. you're able to do articles and then you could post that video blog yeah. any of that kind of content the article section is completely different because what happens with that is it actually opens up a window for you to then like type or mm -hmm. paste an article in there, but not a link to an article. Like you actually have to post the text yeah. in there and then you can create a header on there. You can put an image and it will just live, like you said, in that article section. So I do think that's just another way that you could put your content out there. Um, you could write an article on something you're giving an opinion on. Mm -hmm. You could get, write an article on something similar to like what you would have for a blog. And for those articles, do people have to use hashtags in order for other viewers to see them? Can we promote mm -hmm. these blogs? Articles? No, you don't. You don't have to put hashtags on there. It, it's just another section mm -hmm. that you can look at when you go onto okay. someone's profile in terms of hashtags on linkedin going to that mm -hmm. um people do search for hashtags on linkedin um not 
like I said, on yeah. Facebook, people don't, but on are on LinkedIn, they do. So on LinkedIn, we also have a hashtag strategy, which is completely different than Instagram. And we'll post those three to four hashtags again, because you don't want to bombard people. And what two, three to four hashtags have you seen with Tom that work really well? Maybe our agents can go ahead and look for that type yeah, of content. Yeah, so I, so I, again, would look at the demographic and who you're trying to reach. But a lot of the hashtags that we use that perform really well are like video marketing, video content, mm -hmm. you know, social media marketing, business strategies, marketing strategies, that kind of realm, or like real estate professional mm -hmm. or home buyer, that kind of stuff. But I, again, would look up the hashtags, see how many active users are posting under that hashtag because you don't, again, get lost. Yeah. And how can one stand on, stand out in LinkedIn? What, um, what tips can you recommend? With LinkedIn, I think a way that you can stand out um, is video. Yeah. Yeah is video just because someone's scrolling through the feed and seeing a video that jumps out to them more than seeing just text. Yeah. yeah. So I think the common theme here for every platform is video. And yeah. it, it varies, right? Yeah. In terms of time, minute, 40 seconds. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. And what have you been seeing that is really working for us and here at Tom Ferry through LinkedIn? Through LinkedIn, um, I would say the blog articles mm -hmm. work really well, as well as the micro content. So recently we've been pushing out a lot of micro content. We've just mm -hmm. been picking certain sections within Tom's talks from either Summit or you know a private event and just focusing on one topic that that video has in it. So for example, like there was the row video, mm -hmm. like that's, yes. that was so popular from Summit. It resonated with so many people, like after Summit, everyone was commenting row. And some people that weren't at Summit had no idea what Tom was talking about. <laughs> so we clipped that and we posted it and then people were able to be involved yeah. in it and it just was a broader reach for the row mm -hmm. you know so we clipped that posted that on linkedin and people were commenting like oh now this is what you meant mm -hmm. or you know oh row i totally get it now so just posting that like micro content has been doing extremely well for us on linkedin mm -hmm. as well as um i think people need to remember that they do need to engage with their followers. So when someone's commenting, they're taking the time yeah. to comment and they watched your video, they read your post, they're taking the time, the extra step to then comment on your post, even if it's a thumbs up, even if it's an emoji, what, like you should acknowledge them, Yeah. you know, because think of it as like your favorite content creator. Mm -hmm. If you were to post on their stuff, if they were to just like your post, you'd be like, wow, like yeah. they saw my comment, you know? And so you should be engaging with those people as well because mm -hmm. it just wants them, they'd feel comfortable to come back to your page and interact with your content. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Imagine like you would make them feel special. Yeah. If you respond back, if you take a moment to just check their pro profile real quick, see what they like and these maybe 
in, um, add something of them into that comment. Yeah, that's exactly. Gonna even create that trust and familiarity again. Exactly. And like Tom has said it before mm-hmm. in podcasts and just on short clips. I think a lot of people get discouraged with fault, like huge followings mm-hmm. or people that are verified that they're not going to acknowledge them. But Tom is like he makes it a priority to acknowledge them because he knows how important it is so when you're getting that thumbs up you're getting that like you're getting that heart like tom saw your comment you know i and i think a lot of things too is that i see that stuff i see the comments i see all that but i'm not the one that's commenting back no it's tom that's seeing it and commenting back so if you get a like, if you get a thumbs yes. up, it's Tom. It's not it's Tom. And even in the DMs, the responses, all of that, that is Tom. Tom. 100%. Yeah. yeah, it's not me. So you, so for any agent that wants to get a, maybe a social media manager, okay, th- they can definitely like apply the tips that you just gave. You know, um, they can, the manager can focus on posting, focus on the strategy, focus on planning mm-hmm. that content. And you can just go ahead and just comment back, like, answer your DMs. That's, yeah. That makes you have less work and more on the fun side of Exactly. Things. And even with some of the content, like you had said earlier with the polls, if you're not sure what content your demographic is looking for, do a poll on Instagram, do a poll on Twitter, do a poll on LinkedIn, you know, see what people are wanting to see from your account. Yeah. And that makes it more interactive that you're taking the time to invest. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So I think we talked and covered so many great things, Courtney. Yeah. Thank you. And I hope you found some viable insight here on what we do here at Tom Ferry. Mm -hmm. And let us know if you're liking these episodes. What do you want to see next? You know, we are very open to providing you very important information for you to improve as a real estate agent. So thank you again for listening. Tom will be back next week. (laughs) He will be back. Yeah, for another great episode. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.